Ladies and gentlemen, what you're about to listen to is an experiment in sound, 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 Mac J's. In vivid detail, will you describe where we are? <laughs> the environment, please. Where we are right now is at the Cromwell after I played Dre's, and I'm surrounded by a lot of drunk people trying to gamble, but they're not. And I hear a Kim Kardashian remix in the background. I see a lot of drunk Asians, and there's some, and there's some NBA on, and there's some women's basketball on, so that's where we are right now. Mac J, where are you from? I'm from San Luis Obispo, California, but uh, everyone thinks I'm from L.A., so I'm going to say I'm from L.A. just to make it seem like no one knows where San Luis Obispo, California is. All right, if you were head of tourism for your hometown, how would you attract people to come to that town? Great question. First off, I would go to Madonna Inn. It's kind of like the whole mecca of San Luis Obispo. You go to Madonna Inn, you get a really weird room. They have, like, these very extravagant rooms. You go to a room... Whoa, we got to expound on that. Extravagant rooms? What do you mean by that? They have, like... All different themed rooms. They have like a porno room. They have like a caveman room. They have like a love room. It's it's a one of a kind of place. Madonna Inn. So you do Madonna Inn. Then you go downtown, get some good food. Probably Firestone Grill, one of the best spots in San Luis. And then maybe you go out to Avila Beach or this and that, Mr. Ricks or something. That's what I would do. All right. So what? All right. So what are some sounds that when you now in your life when you hear them, they brings you instantly back to to where you grew up. I gotta say like old school hip hop I mean exactly what we're listening to right now I mean some Wu-Tang to Dre some, I mean some Eazy-E I mean those guys I grew up listening to that stuff I mean the biggest influence of music that came around for me was a, a lot of Bay Area rap E-40, Keek the Sneak were like super influential to me. So once I started listening to that, I'm like, wow, this is really cool music. How do you make it? And that's what started like sparking interest for me to how to produce music. And once I figured out how easy it was to produce a hip-hop beat, it's it's literally like five tracks to make one hip-hop beat, a kick, a snare, a lead melody, maybe a vocal, this and that. And after that, it was kind of the rest was history. So definitely a barrier rap was a big, big, uh, a big push for my career. You 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 started uh, you started your craft relatively early. I feel like very early, and that's and that's one thing that you know I'm really really stoked on that. A lot of these DJs nowadays, I don't want to talk down to a lot of the DJs, but the majority of the top ten DJs or top fifty DJs came from production. They didn't come from DJing. I came from getting booed and getting shit thrown at me to getting five dollar tips at clubs and getting eighteen dollars and. A, thing of chicken strips what type of stuff did you get thrown at you a lot everything from bras to fucking tomatoes man like it was all up and down the board and now and that's what really made me though i paid my dues i paid my dues as a dj i didn't pay my dues as a producer i've only been producing for about two years two and a half years now and and being able to go into any circumstance i know how to dj i can go to dc i can go to miami i can go to vegas 
and play a completely different set. I'm not going to stay with the same set that I know that works. I know how to read a crowd. And that's what being a DJ is. There's no risk anymore. I can play, I can fill my, I can literally record myself farting and people will be like, wow, that's amazing if it has a kick drum underneath it, you know? There's no risk anymore. I can play anything and people will go off, but you just have to play it in the right time in the right place. It's called reading the crowd. Do you focus on one person in the crowd and just like zoom in? Great question. Yes. I, uh, I focus on the security guards. I focus on the people that have been there all day. I focus on the people that... One, have been listening to the same shit all day, and if I don't see them nodding their head through my set, I know I'm doing something fucked up. I'm doing something wrong. So if, if one guy comes up to me that's been working there, that hasn't been drinking, and he says, hey man, great job, done deal for me. I know I did a good job. So here's a question we asked to all of our guests. Um, we read somewhere in the Paris Review of all places that every great artist secretly performs for an audience of one. All right, so in your life, besides self, who is the one person that you've kept in your mind that you've always wanted to impress as you've grown? Man, I can name 50 people, but the dude, the one and only guy, DJ AM. I mean, AM, he passed away, and it was like the biggest... Let's just say if AM was still alive, if Adam was still alive, he would be crushing this industry. He would be killing it. He would be the guy. He would be like the Martin Garrix of DJs. You know what I mean? He would be the dude. And if Adam was standing behind me at a club and he was watching me play and he would... I turn around and he's just like, yo, man, that was a dope set. I could fucking shoot myself right there and die happy. And, and that's a respect that majority of DJs would say he was a guy. I mean, you listen to any of his sets. I mean, majority of his sets, I'm still copying. You know, I'm listening to his, like, EDC 2009 set. I'm listening to a lot of the, the Travis and DJ AM stuff, the, the Fix Your Face sets. I listen to that almost every single day, and I still gain, you know, I still get a lot of inspiration from all of his stuff, man. So definitely DJ AM for sure. What, what are some of your other fondest memories of Adam? I remember watching probably like a thousand times his rain set at the Palms when rain was like the shit, you know, like two, four, three, four years ago, man. It was like rain was like the dopest club in the in Vegas at the Palms, and he would play and he was dropping stuff, he was scratching, doing this and that, and it was just like mind blowing, mind blowing for that time. So, all right, so uh, let's talk about your uh, your parental music influences. So, what were your parents, what were mom and dad listening to, or siblings, or anything? The funny thing, the the funny, the funny thing was, my my dad actually came out for the first time. My dad actually came out for the first time, shit, yesterday in Montreal. He's never seen me play before. I've been DJing for eight years. He's never seen me play before. He's a very old school guy. He went from medical school to wife and kids. Like he doesn't have a life. He just works. And he doesn't know what DJing is. And that's what the problem is with this generation. D- 
DJing is such a new thing to convince your parents, like, hey, I want to be a DJ. They're like, go get a job, go to college. It's fucking 2014. You don't need to do that anymore. You know, there's majority 90% of people nowadays are entrepreneurs and they go to college and they're successful. And I've actually like talked to like some DJs about this who are from like I think that's just an American thing. Like, cause Europe like is a bit more lax. You know what I'm saying? Like, these, those guys drop like it's not as much social pressure if they drop out or some shit like that. It's just like they're more, way more free. Man, it's like America has like a very um, you know sequential kind of like a thought of what a person should be. You should go to high school. You go to an Ivy League school. After the Ivy League school, you should have a degree. After that degree, you should be busting your ass for two, three years. Then you finally get paid. Fuck that. I heard that shit in high school, and I'm like, why would I go do that? Dropout. Didn't go to college. I had an architecture. I had a- you dropped out of high school? No, no, no. Dropped out of college. Dropped out of college. Sorry, no, no. no. Dropped out of college. I'm like, wow, bro. <laughs> no, no, no. Dropped out of college. I was third way year in college, and I was at where? Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo. Had an architecture major, and I dropped out, and I was like, this is not for me. I'm so focused on music, and I want to see where it goes. Of course, my parents didn't believe me, and uh, basically, I told them to fuck off and moved myself down to LA and kind of pursued my dreams, and next thing you know, I'm touring, doing this, and they were like, oh, so what are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm traveling the world, you know, doing this and doing that, and finally, yesterday, I flew my dad out. I went him, made him watch me play, and after that, I got a text message the next morning going, hey, Mackenzie, I'm super proud of you. I can't believe you've done this. You didn't use me. I have total respect for you, and after that, I just broke down and was like, that's all I wanted. So after the five years of hustling and grinding, I got a one text message. Well, I mean, it's like with the parents, man, they just have to, they, they literally won't believe it until they are there and present. Like, you have to manipulate them so they will, like, actually, because, like, him sitting there is actually, like, how that how that all happened. Otherwise, I feel like parents are just interesting like that. All right, so, so what, are your, uh, what are your methods of collaboration? You know what I'm saying? Like, how do, you, how do you work with others? I mean, nowadays, it's very easy. Skype, 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 and Skype, and Skype, and Skype, and Skype. It's, it's super easy nowadays. I mean... From since I started DJing, and I always thought you had to be in the studio to do this and that, and nope. 2014 from the millennium, man. It's so easy to work with someone that's older across the planet. You don't need to be in the studio with them. You just need to be bouncing creative ideas off each other, and that's what Skype is for, or you know, any social media, Twitter. I mean, when I was doing this, when I was doing the, the Showtech collab, it was all through Twitter. I never had any of their phone numbers. I never had any of their Skypes. It was all through Twitter. What do you like about this? What do you like about that? So, I mean, it's so easy nowadays. So definitely social media is, is, is my thing about collaborations. What are, what are some sounds, like, what are some sounds that you would like to include in this piece that are not yours? There's a that lot. define the interview. I mean, there's this one guy, and a lot of people know of him right now. His name is Kygo. He has come up with a lot of cool stuff. I mean, he's one of the dudes. I feel like he's going to be the next Avicii. Like, no joke. He's going to be the next Avicii. He has gained recognition from zero to hero in a matter of, like, seven months. This dude is producing stuff that no one has really ever heard of before. He just signed a deal, I think, with Sony. 
But he's one of the guys that I go, okay, that's a sound that's really cool. It's like a mix between deep house and like minimal and alternative rock. It's really bizarre. It's like when Avicii came out with adult. It's like when Avicii came out with the the ultra set list, and when he was playing country, and everyone's like, "What the fuck is this?" A year later, everyone's like, "Oh, Avicii, that's the best thing I've ever heard in my life." This Kygo kid for sure is going to be like that. He's gonna. I've never said this about anyone. He's going to be the next big thing for sure. And you're positive of this. Hundred percent positive. All right. Well, you heard it here first. You heard it here first. What is the biggest risk that you've taken on stage recently? The biggest, sorry? Biggest risk that you've taken on stage recently? The biggest risk. Um, I had to take a pee one time really bad, and I had to piss in a bottle, and it was really awkward because I was trying to transition songs, and I had to keep going through bottles and bottles of beer, and it was really bad. So that was definitely the biggest risk, for sure. Worst show. It did not have to be your fault. But you know, as you know, with shows, sound guy can be awful. Tell me about the war- one of the where just like everything went completely wrong. Worst show, worst show. I don't want to name any names. I don't want to say any clubs. But I was in Spain, and it was a venue of like ten thousand people, and like forty people showed up because some dude. Before I got on, some guy. There was like six, seven thousand people there. It was a lot of people, a huge lineup. But some idiot rang the fire bell or fire alarm in Spain and all the people, all the cops came, all the fire department came, they cleared everyone out. So the, by the time I came on, there was four people because everyone got kicked out. Did you, did you rock the shit out of those four people? I mean, man, I was focusing on that one girl in the crowd. I was like, hey, baby, this, this song is for you. This song is for you. Apologize for my questions being all over the place. Can can we uh, transition to your past as a race car driver? Now, you got it. How did that come about? It came about from my stepdad. My stepdad has, like, a, a really big boner about motorsports, a lot of automobiles. Like, he was that car guy, you know? He was a dude that drove around that really loud car in your town. You're like, who the hell is this asshole? That was that guy. And, you know, it, Steve, my stepdad... He built me as kind of like what he wanted to do as a kid, but he never was able to do it. And I loved it. You know, I was racing go-karts. I went to Formula Cars. I lived in Asia for a couple years. You know, it was, it was an amazing experience at such a young age. I, I would never take it back. Pause. What about Asia has influenced your sound, if at all, or anything about Asia that is just really, you're like, I got to take this with me? The speed. The speed. The speed has definitely uh, gone from... The thing, the thing about the thing about Asia is, everyone is super fast paced. Think of, think of, think of, you know, New York. New York is super quick, really fast paced. Everyone wants to go somewhere at one time. That's how Asia taught me. There's no patience. So patience is definitely gratitude. You have to be able to learn how to deal with people, a lot of people, and that's definitely where my music comes from. It's it's very high speed, a lot of energy, a lot of ADD. So, all right, all right, all right. So, race car, race car driving. How many uh, traffic citations have you received within the past few years? Man, none. None. Do you drive? I don't drive that much. That's the thing. I'm always flying. I'm more, I'm more in the air than I'm on the ground. 
Uh, interesting airport story. Interesting airport story. Um, I was on a plane, and it was going from Vancouver to Toronto, and some dude was clipping his toenails behind me on the plane. It was disgusting. <laughs> Did you say anything? Yeah, I, I, I ring the little flight attendant bell, and after that, she came over and she's like, what's wrong? I'm like, do you see this guy clipping his tone? He had his foot on the tray table where you eat food off of, and he had his fat foot on there, and he was fucking clipping his toenails. It was disgusting. <laughs> That's pretty hilarious. All right, no, no, think, think back to your, uh, your lunch table in high school. You're saying, how have, what is your career compared to everybody that you grew up with? The funny thing is I don't even hang out with the people I grew up with, which sucks because I'm gone so much. I've, I've been able to make a lot of new friends in the industry I am and I'm in, but I have those certain friends that are, you know, very... They're the guys that I call on any occasion. If I'm at the grocery store, if I'm on a plane, if I'm bored, I can call them and, and, and ask for inspiration. But the thing is with, with this industry, I mean, I'm gone so much, I barely even talk to my parents. Like it's it's almost impossible to keep in contact with anyone because I'm gone so much. How do how do you how do you relieve like how do you uh, just block everything out? Like what, what's your stress reliever? I like to I like to exercise, um, but the the main thing for me is like I don't know, man. It's like it, I haven't found that right thing that's made me almost the yin and yang process. You know, I I really haven't found that kind of that quasimoto edge yet. So. Ask me that question in about a year. Right. Last time, state your name for the people. My name is Mac J. Hey, hey. What's a song that you would like to be, your voice to be played out to at the end of this interview? I mean, I could say my songs. I could do this or that. But the one song that I want I want people to play out is definitely Learning to Fly by Tom Petty. If you can play it on your radio station. <laughs> dope, dope. Thank you very much. In the town lit up. The world gets still. I'm